What's up, tribe? It's Michael Fleming. How in the world are you doing? Uh, I am doing amazing. I actually just got back from a long Labor Day weekend. I was up in uh, Victoria, British Columbia for one of my uh, best friend's weddings. Uh, I actually got to participate in that a little bit as well. Uh, but I think that's going to be in a different blog, so I can share that in a little more detail. But it was awesome. I hope you had an amazing Labor Day weekend as well. And such a slacker. Today's Wednesday already. I've already had a full day of work. But uh, just getting back into the uh, swing of things. Uh, long overdue to create this podcast, but I uh, actually struggled a little bit trying to figure out what topic <clears throat> I was going to talk to you about today because I've got so much to cover with you over this next few days or next few months. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know, but I wrote a book. So now my job is to uh, make sure I'm going in a little more detail as far as the content in that book, but also sharing like the day-to-day details as far as what's relevant or or what's fresh in today's market as well, right? Because there's a lot of different groups that we're in, involved in, whether it's Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, but uh, other industry groups uh, that are constantly uh, coming out with new content and new topics. And so trying to stay relevant with that as well. So, but to, today's topic, I wanted to talk about... Uh, High level, we could call it ROI or your return on investment, but digging down a little bit deeper, I really want to title this one, focusing on what matters or or measuring what matters, right? And where this was born is we've got quite a few clients that we work with, obviously in the dental world, that do a lot of marketing with us uh, and There's not a ton of variation in the mix of media that these clients are doing, for example, but on the back end, when they're measuring the return on investment, I'm shocked at how many different variations there are of how they're measuring or what they're measuring and when they're measuring that. So go into a little more detail about this because the core of what we want to make sure that you as the practice manager or practice owner, uh, I I need to make sure that you understand that the foundation is your website. uh, And obviously that kind of encompasses the digital aspects. So whether that's your search engine optimization, your Google, my business, your local search, you know, that could all kind of fall under your website. And obviously if someone's in the, the trade, they would disagree with that because it gets deep pretty quick. And I acknowledge that, but, but I see the digital presence versus, uh, or your website presence versus your more traditional media of say direct mail. Uh, obviously if, if you have done any work with innovate dental marketing in the past or are familiar with us, we do a ton of direct mail, uh, because we really appreciate the kinesthetic approach and how much it actually complements your digital presence as well. And so the, the approach that we have is the kinesthetic touch or that direct response marketing from your direct mail, for example, is really trying to capture a consumer en route, right? During their day-to-day life, during their mail sort, right? They're touching it, even if they're recycling, that's, that's kind of the joke, is even if they recycle your piece, they're still interacting with it, as opposed to your digital approach is a little more proactive and less reactive, where it's kind of replaced the yellow pages, for example. So rewind 15 years 
looking at what a mainstay Yellow Pages used to have in the dental marketing world, right? When we first started this business 14 years ago, I would say 100% of our clients that we were working with had some type of Yellow Page presence, right? So whether that was just a smaller ad or we had some clients that were spending $12,000 a month for full page ads in the Yellow Pages, right? And this was in Portland, Oregon. So definitely like a a second tier, secondary market, right? I can only imagine what those same size ads would be in a New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston market, right? Uh, If they were paying $12,000 in Portland, yeah, I might bet that they could be charging double that in New York City. But anyway, fast forward to today, the yellow pages, what that represented at that time was access to information, right? And so back in the day, when we didn't have the internet or it wasn't as profound or as easy to access as it is today, Yellow Pages was super relevant because when you were looking for access to information, so for example, ouch, I've I've got a tooth that hurts, I could pick up the Yellow Pages and find myself a dentist as the consumer. I could find a, a resource that could help me fix that problem. Fast forward to today, again, with that access to quick and easy information. So whether it's my mobile device, my desktop, my laptop, my iPad, if I have a tooth that's hurting, I can now jump online. And so that's kind of the the logic that we use is that the online presence has really taken over what the yellow pages used to be. And so as a consumer, when I'm searching information, I am more likely to go and seek that online as opposed to the kinesthetic approach or the direct response approach where I'm just having to flip through and as I'm going through bill, bill, check, no, here's a direct response postcard for dentistry. And it might just hit a consumer at that point where it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't been to the dentist in six months or I'm new to the area and I haven't got a dentist yet or, oh my gosh, you know, Ricky and Jamie haven't been to the dentist in nine months and I'm due. And it creates that trigger of like, this is my reminder that I need to take action and take action now. And so they pick up the phone. And again, that's why they call it direct response media, right? Is that it's meant to capture a consumer when they, they're not expecting that information, yet it's relevant information. Because again, that's the sweet irony of what we're providing here is that 100% of the population needs our services or your services as the dentist, but 0% of them want you, right? I cover that quite a bit. And I I think I beat that dead horse in the book quite a bit, right? That's really the difference of what we're doing here is we're not marketing anything that someone wants, but we are marketing something that everybody needs. So we have to be able to put it in chunks in various spots so that when that consumer is ready to consume that data, it's accessible, right? And so that's why we're really big proponents of having mixed media as opposed to just an online presence or just a direct mail presence or just an out of home presence or just a referral based presence. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's got to be a little bit of all of that so that we can really open our net as wide as possible so that we can craft our message around how that consumer wants to consume it. Right. And so it's more pleasurable to them because they're choosing to consume it their way, not our way. Back to what we're talking about, that ROI, that return on investment measurement, 
there's so many different ways to market. There's so many different media in which to market that message. How we come back and close the loop and measure whether or not that message was effective is measuring our return on investment or ROI. And back to the beginning of my story of there are so many different ways to measure ROI, but so many of those metrics are trivial, or at least in my opinion, trivial. And I'll go into a little more detail on that because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is generate one thing and one thing only as a business owner, right? Now, obviously, we're trying to generate uh, happy patients. We're trying to generate healthy smiles. We're trying to generate healthy lifestyles for our consumers. But at the end of the day, for us to be able to do that, we need to generate one thing at the end of that transaction. And what that one thing is, is cash. And so the reason I say that is that everything we do is revolved around cash. So when I come to you as a, as a marketer, so for example, if you were to hire Innovate Dental Marketing, my company, to help you with your dental marketing needs, you, the exchange of value in that transaction would be cash. You know, if you were to do 5,000 postcards to your, your closest residents within that area, you know, the, the exchange of value would be the $2,200 or whatever that is, depending on the size of the card that you're doing, right? But the exchange of value would be cash. And then what would happen is from those 5,000 pieces, you're going to get, you know, 20 new patients, right? And the exchange of value from that is cash. And so you're going to have that first hygiene appointment, right? And there's going to be exchange of cash at that point. There might be some smaller procedures or some x-rays or, you know, a, a deeper clean or whatever that is. But then from that hygiene visit, you're going to get a treatment plan, right? So from that treatment plan, there's an opportunity for cash. And then we look out a month or we look out three months or we look out six months or 12 months at the end of that, that cycle. <clears throat> and at the end, what we're looking to measure is the amount of cash generated from that patient, right? And so the reason we keep that focused on cash is because it gives us a good idea of dollars in versus dollars out. And so that's kind of planting the seed for how we propose measurement. And I'll kind of tell you the, the life cycle of how we, how we have learned that, right? Because a lot of people that we work with are either, well, a lot of people that we work with aren't even measuring at all. And that obviously is a, a problem or an area of opportunity because it's really hard to get an idea as to whether or not your marketing or marketing message is working if you're not measuring the response. And so the, that is traditionally a situation where if no one is measuring what kind of response that they're getting, regardless of the metrics, and I'm going to introduce some of these other metrics as well. If they're not measuring, there's no benchmark as to how that campaign is doing or how that marketing piece is doing, right? And so that's going to be the first step is, is measure something. And we'll kind of go through the various metrics that we can be measuring as well. But start with measuring something. And then at that point, that helps you have better conversations and it helps you forecast better. Because if you're mailing out a direct mail piece, for example, and you get 20 calls and you spent $2,000 uh, or you got 20 new patients and you spent $2,000, that's going to be a 
cost per acquisition of $100, right? $100 times 20 patients is going to be $2,000, right? That's how I got that math right there. And obviously, this is highlights of the book, Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice. If, if I'm going too fast here or you need to sink your teeth into it a little bit more, you know, pick up a copy of the book. Uh, if you've got Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Just go get it for free and jump right to the ROI section and you can kind of sink your teeth in a little bit deeper on this. But hang hang there with me. I think I'm going to answer all of your questions by the end of this podcast. But uh, that's the cost per acquisition, right? And so other metrics that can be measured could be like a cost per, cost per call. Uh, if you're looking at digital marketing, you know, you've got that cost per click if it's a paid advertisement, right? Or you've got that uh, that acquisition cost, right? You've got the, uh, you know, there's so many different metrics that you can be measuring. And, and especially when it starts getting into digital as well. And I'll, I'll dive into that pool a little bit more as well, because that's one of the, the stories that led me to the, to this podcast, uh, to this episode was we were sitting to sitting down with one of our clients, uh, that is a midsize, uh, dental service organization. So think 15 to 20 practices. And we were talking with them about their digital marketing and, you know, how are they measuring success and how is it doing? And, you know, cause they have an, they have one company that's doing their digital piece and they have us uh, innovate dental marketing that's handling all of their direct response or direct mail media and we are very good about asking questions and closing the loop on that ROI so again we'll get new patient reports we'll get call reports we'll try and close that loop for them to come come back with various metrics and so whether that metric is uh, a cost per acquisition which I had talked about before, if you're getting 20 new patients uh, and had spent $2,000 to get those 20 patients, you're looking at a cost per acquisition of $100 per. And again, that becomes like a benchmark metric. But what we're also looking at doing is we're looking at measuring the dollars of production that are generated from that. Uh, we, when we started talking with them about, you know, similar measurement of, you know, so this is obviously how we measure our direct response for you. How are you measuring your your digital response, you know, that company that you work with, how are they doing? And the client had mentioned that they had measured on conversion rates. And so we were like, wow, that's an interesting metric. And they had said that they are up to an 18% conversion rate. And we're like, well, that sounds amazing. Uh, And that's great. And of course, not knowing what their benchmarks had been or having any historicals, you know, 18% sounds like 22%, sounds like 14%. It's it's great compared to what though, right? Is that improvement? Is it decline? Uh, what is it trending? You know, 18% can be awesome if you're trending from 12%, but it could be awful if it used to be at 32%, right? And so looking at your historicals really helps paint a picture for what really is to be able to tell whether or not that that's a successful number. And long story short, when we were talking about this conversion rate, there was two big holes or two big gaps that we discovered was a, there was no tribal knowledge of what used to be. So as to whether or not that was a good number or not, what the client was telling us was, well, based on what our vendors telling us is 18% is healthy. It's a healthy conversion rate. That's awesome. Okay. So that's great. 
But what does that mean to you? And what we were trying to do was, you know, so 80% conversion rate is fantastic, but what does that mean for like a cost per acquisition or how much are you paying to get that conversion? Or at the end of the day, how much cash is that generating for your practice? And for all three of those questions, the answers were, well, I, I'm not sure we're, we're not measuring that. And of course we backed off and we didn't put any pressure on that because, you know, again, these metrics, I definitely don't want to start, scare our clients away from starting to measure. So we want to encourage whatever they're measuring. So it helps us have better, more healthy conversations, more complete conversations so that we can truly work in the direction that our client is looking to work towards, right? So we kind of backed off a little bit, but I thought that was so interesting because at the end of the day, all of these different metrics and all of these different things that we're measuring, you know, the one thing that we're really, that's most important of all of these metrics is the amount of revenue that's being generated, right? And so that might be a little bit of a culture shift for some of you that are listening because I would imagine most of you are not measuring cash right now. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of other metrics that are being measured and, and that's honestly why I'm having this episode of the podcast is because you're not alone. There's a ton of people that are measuring metrics, but none of them or a very minute amount are measuring the amount of cash. And the reason for that is that on the front end, they don't have a lot of access to the cash to begin with, right? And so what I mean by that and one of the struggles that we have is oftentimes marketing falls under a budget, right? Your resources as a marketer fall under a budget. And that budget is created by your finance department. And your finance department is definitely different than your marketing department. And in fact, your, your finance department has a different mindset than the marketing department, right? It's different behavior styles. It's different goals. And it, it's different ideals. And so when you've got that budget being set by the finance department and you finally get that cash as the marketer, right? And this this also, this also analogy also holds true if you are a single practice owner, right? You've got your accountant uh, that helps you manage your books and you know you've got to do marketing, right? And so that accountant will help you give you an industry average of, you know, let's do 6% on marketing or whatever that is. And then you, you do all that out and then it's done. And you get your 6% for your marketing or your 3% for your marketing or whatever that, that metric is. And then you march to that and then it's done. But unfortunately, what winds up happening is the marketing goes out and no one's measuring, but hey, we've done diligence because we did our 3% or our 6% and we did what we were supposed to do. We implemented that. Let's go home. We're all good. But what's not happening is any measurement to see what success is happening. And where I'm going with this is that, you know, we've got a machine and this is going to be its own podcast. Uh, but we had a recent meeting where, where we were sitting down with a client. It's a DSO out of the Midwest, uh, I think 25 to 30 locations. They did a direct mail project with us. They do an amazing job of tracking. So we had access to call counts. We had access to their, their backend metrics as far as, you know, number of, of patients that they acquired, uh, the the transactions, they had their transactions broken out by the initial visit. They had it broken out to first month. And then they had, we had access to their total potential treatment plans. And so long story short, what we found was 
that for every dollar this client was spending with us, within the first month, they were getting $3 back. So instantly that, for just from their first visits, they were not only covering, but they were tripling their money, right? So they were recovering their money plus doubling, you know, two times that, right? $3 for every dollar. So is it this machine that you put $1 in, you get $3 out? Just the first month. After the, after the treatment plans were generated, there was another additional $7 that were there on the treatment plan. So that if, if that person had completed all of their treatment plans, there would have been 10 total dollars generated from the $1 spent. Does that make sense? I hope I said that right. So if my, me, Michael Fleming, went into uh, a dental practice, so I get this direct mail piece, I go in, I go in for my initial cleaning, you know, I give them my money for whatever, you know, procedures I have done. But then from the treatment plans, when I execute on all of those treatment plans, I'm giving that dentist, and of course, whether that's me or my insurance, $10 for the dollar that they spent to, to acquire me, right? And so what that means is like, uh, if it spent $100, if it cost $100 to acquire me, you know, they're getting 10 times that back. They're getting $1,000 back on average, right? And so we got this story that that basically we have built this machine that you put a dollar in it, you get $10 back. And so that was kind of the story. It's like, if I could build a machine that you put $1 in and you got $10 back, would you be interested in that? And what are you going to say? Of course, you're going to say yes, right? But what's funny is here in the real world, a lot of that comes back to where the money's coming from, right? And so you've got this marketing this marketing group that has struck gold, but then what happens is they're limited to, to future resources because of the resources that, that, or the process that they go through to gather more resources, if that makes sense. So what winds up happening is they have the success. We are high-fiving. We are freaking out going, oh my gosh, this is really an incredible opportunity that we are able to have this machine where you put $1 in And you get $10 out. But what winds up happening is there's no more resources to put into that machine. So, for example, make a car analogy, right? If we had this opportunity to drive as far as we wanted, right? Or we had this opportunity to take this road trip. And we had this opportunity that if you were able to go 25 miles, let's, let's stretch that a little bit, 40 miles on a gallon of gas, when you got to the end of that 40 miles, you could get another gallon for free. And so this is a crazy analogy, but just hang in there with me. But basically the analogy would be, if you were able to stretch out on say a vehicle that would normally get like 32 miles per gallon, but if you could really stretch it out and make it to that 40 miles an hour, and you know whether that was you have to drive slower or less air conditioning or whatever that is to really eat that out, and you got to that 40 mile mark, then you could get another free gallon of gas. You know that would be a, a machine that could be self-sustaining, right? 
and you're like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's a no brainer. And all you have to do is make little adjustments to how you normally drive to be able to make it work so that you could continue to have this free gas, right? Well, what's happening here is we've got this machine where you've got put in a dollar and get $10 out. The right answer is that if you have this machine, so imagine this is a, a machine in Las Vegas, like a slot machine, for example, right? And it's like, hey, pst, I found this machine over at the Bellagio. You put a dollar in and you get $10 out. How much money would you bring to that machine? As much as you possibly could, right? I mean, if you were guaranteed $10 for every $1 you put in, how much how much would you bring to Vegas? How much would you bring to that machine? If, you, if, if it was guaranteed that you were going to get that, wouldn't you empty out your bank account? Wouldn't you go borrow money? Wouldn't you find money to go and right? Wouldn't you scrape up ten thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, whatever that is, the, the mo- most that you had resources to, if you were guaranteed to get ten dollars back, right? But what's happening here is in, in the dental world is we get this machine, but the left hand's not talking to the right, and so you've got the finance department that is controlling the funds, or the finance mindset where there's a budget versus the marketing arm that has found a home run, but now they're shackled to be and don't have the ability to go and get more resources. Right. And so you find this machine that provides you $10 for every $1 back. And it's like, holy smokes, we should be throwing more gas on this fire. We should be cramming this as, as full as possible to get, to really maximize the, the number of new patients out of here and really get cash flowing. But then the restriction is you get no more resources to be able to throw money into that machine. And so I think that's very interesting in you've got this bottleneck or this disconnect between accounting and mindset. And I think part of that reason, and, and I, again, why I'm, I'm encouraging this, this podcast or trying to change the metrics that are being measured is that when you're sitting around the boardroom table or you're sitting around your your your, your break room table, whatever that is, depending on the scale of your organization, you've got the accounting mindset, you've got the marketing mindset, right? The marketing mindset at this point right now, when they're sitting down, so, so say it's the larger organization, right? You've got the CEO, you've got the CFO, you've got the chief marketing officer, the CMO, everyone's sitting around and the CEO is kind of talking about, you know, vision and what we're doing. And, and you know, you've got the accountant, the accounting, uh, the CFO is talking about, you know, how to fund that. And then the CMO is talking about, well, here's how I can generate more top line revenue for you guys to manage and for you to fund your your vision, right? And But what winds up happening is that CMO starts talking about success. And what success looks like is, let's say, start saying, hey, you know, we, we killed it in August. We had an 18% conversion rate on our digital interactions. And the CFO and the, the CEO look at each other and they're like, that's awesome. What does that mean? Well, we got an 18% conversion rate. That's that's up from 17%. So, you know, what that means is we're going to be getting new patients. And they're like, that, that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, and where the disconnect lies is what does that mean for cash or and or cash flow, right? What does that mean? And so that requires more information. It requires more looking. And oftentimes that goes back to if you want to find out about that, you're probably going back to finance. And finance is probably too busy because they've already got 100 other reports that they're they're pulling from their their system right now as well, right? And so it kind of loses momentum. It loses steam. There's a little enthusiasm. And there's the the nod of like, hey, that's great. We're, we're heading, the needle's heading in the right direction. We love that. And that's what we want to be seeing. But at the end of the day, 
how do you budget towards that? As opposed to if we start moving towards a culture where we are measuring the dollars of production up front, everyone speaks cash. And that's kind of the the language that I use with my clients, that I use with my employees, that I use with everyone that I'm interacting with is that, you know, I'm not paying my mortgage in conversion rate. I'm not paying my mortgage in cost per acquisition. Uh, I'm not paying my mortgage in any other ROI metric other than cash. Uh, At the end of the day, when I go to the store, I need cash to buy food. I need cash to pay my mortgage. I need cash to to get clothes on my, my kids' backs. I need cash to pay my car payment. And so that's where I'm going with this podcast is really to start encouraging you, the marketer, to start speaking a different language because the benefit of that that language change or learning the second language is that it starts you to connect. It, it creates that opportunity for you to connect with the finance department or the CEO or even your accountant if it's a one-off practice. It helps you become a little more agile and it helps you keep your finger on the pulse of what the consequences of your action are, right? So that when you do stumble upon this opportunity where you find this machine that's generating $10 for every $1 you put in, you have the ability to then go in to your sponsor's office and say, hey, I'm getting $10 back or $8 back or whatever that metric is for every dollar that I'm spending. I have finally found a, a media that is killing it for me. I need more money. You're going to be speaking their language. And then it creates this opportunity for everyone to be working off the same metric and everyone's now measuring the same thing. And again, it it all comes full circle because what happens is you as the marketing manager or you as the practice owner oftentimes is with increased production or increased, uh, if you're nailing your metrics, uh, that often means a bonus, right? And you're not getting paid your bonus in uh, an increased acquisition percentage, right? Or a cost per acquisition, what you're getting paid is cash. And so again, I want you, your your homework from today's podcast is to really go back and figure out, okay, what metrics or what tools do I have access to where I can start measuring cash, right? And so whether that's, you know, from your back office system, you know, we've got this, these new set of patients that are coming in, how can I pull financials from what they have done, right? And start start with historicals, right? Look at look at August, for example, right? Well, I'm, I'm recording this in September, uh, so and it's September fourth, so beginning of the month. You should have numbers back from August now. Look at the number of new patients that you acquired in August, and here's another one. If you're not tracking the number of new patients that you have and you don't have access to that, that's going to be your first homework, right? How do we start tracking that, right? And then. Once we find that, how do we start linking revenue to those patients, right? And so of the 20 new patients that we gained in August, you know, how much money did they spend on their first visit? Next, how much did they spend in their first month? Total, right? Because again, you've got that full month report, right? Uh, And then finally, what we're looking to do is also look at the production number or the treatment plan, the potential production number that is generated from that to see total opportunity. But then as you start to collect this, the other metric that we want to start measuring is the 12 month mark as well to see what was actually collected, right? Because oftentimes what you'll see is if you've got 
$10 of potential production, you might be only landing seven or eight of that. And again, that becomes an opportunity for coaching, you know, and, and talking with your office manager or your uh, hygiene, hy- hygienists, uh, assistants that are there to be suggesting, oh, I noticed on your treatment plan that, you know, you need this procedure. Have you, do you have that scheduled yet? Or would you be interested in scheduling that? Or maybe it becomes an opportunity for, you know, end of year, end of quarter, if you've got metrics that you're looking to boost, where it's, you know, if you get that done by X period of time, we'll give you a 10% cash discount or whatever that exchange of value is to get them to spend uh, or to, to take action on that treatment plan. Does that make sense? But again, what we want to start measuring, and and I'm not saying throw everything else out the window, because if you've been measuring, you know, cost per acquisition, cost per click, the acquisition, you know, what whatever those are, continue to do those, because obviously those metrics have been serving you well up to this point. And so continue to use those because that has what is what you've been doing. I don't want to throw the the baby out with the bathwater here, right? But I what I want to do is as add a new type of bathwater to this so that that I don't know where I'm going with this analogy. Uh, the baby's better moisturized. I don't know, right? But but again, since at the end of the day we're looking to generate cash, we need to be measuring cash. And what you're going to wind up seeing is that once you start measuring cash, you're going to have a better understanding of what, how much cash it takes to generate that cash, but it also helps you have better conversations with those that control your budget. Because again, your budget comes down to cash. And once you've got that cash aspect to your measurement, you're able to go back and have a a higher level conversation. Because I guarantee you, when you go in to an accounting mindset person and you tell them, I found a machine that will give us $10 for every dollar you put in and it's guaranteed they're going to be on it faster than you are. In fact, they might try and take credit for it, (laughs) but does that make sense? Because it's a number, it's a metric that they're familiar with. It's a metric that they're comfortable with. They are very familiar with that. And at the end of the day, that is what they are tasked to manage for the overall company is cash. Does that make sense? And so cash flow is king in all of our businesses, regardless of what business that we're in. But obviously, uh, with dentistry, cash is king and cash needs to be flowing. And there's nothing better than a finance or accounting person wants to hear that if I can put out $1 in resources, yet receive $10 back in, in benefit, that's incredibly sustainable. And it's incredibly great for cash flow. And that's what they like to hear. And so what you'll start to see is better communication between yourself and finance, that financing aspect, and it creates that opportunity to scale so that you can really start to to make progress on what you're trying to do, which at the end of the day is trying to get more new patients into chairs, into the hygiene chair, so that you can get more treatment plans generated so that we have more production to keep our employees busy, right? And that, that's our goal as marketers in a, in a dental world is to maximize new patients, maximize uh, production, and maximize cash flow, right? And that's what we're trying to do. And we're all on the same page, and, and there's no doubt about that. But I think the disconnect that I'm seeing is that there's just a lot of people that are trying to generate more cash flow, but they're not measuring it by 
cash, if that makes sense, right? Cash becomes the unintended consequence, right? If they're measuring cost per acquisition, they're like, yes, my number is up and this is awesome. And the unintended consequence is more cash, right? But I have no direct access to that cash and I'm not measuring that as of right now. And so I think that needs to be the culture shift is start measuring the cash and you'll have a better understanding of what that return on investment is. So it don't don't replace what you're measuring, right? Again, like I said, don't throw that baby out with the, the bathwater. Whatever you've been doing, continue to do it because that will be an interesting metric as well as you can now see the effect, the cash effect of what those numbers have meant, right? And so when I go back to that, that story of the person who was talking about the conversion percentage, this would be a great way for someone who's currently measuring that conversion percentage. Once they start measuring cash, what does that equal? And I think what you'll start to find, and that's a whole different podcast that I'll talk about in great depth in the future. Maybe it'll be tomorrow's. I'm not sure. Uh, no, I can tell you with great certainty. It's not. I've already got these mapped out. <laughs> I've got some great topics. But but a patient does not equal a patient does not equal a patient. What I mean by that is what, that when you're generating a, a new patient from a direct mail or direct response piece, that patient is going to be valued differently than a patient that you picked up off of a Facebook display ad, right? Or a Google display ad. Uh, so because it's different demographics, there's different needs. Uh, and so, and I'll go into great detail on that, but a patient does not equal a patient does not equal a patient. You know, there's certain patients that are incredibly healthy and the treatment plans generated are going to be minimal because they're so healthy. But then there's other demographics where they're going to have much more of a need and or much easier access to cash to be able to fulfill that that need, right? And so, you know, we'll, we'll go into greater detail on that. But again, once we start attaching cash to the current metrics that you're doing, I think you're going to start to get, again, what we're, we're, what we're looking at from all of this, if we were to boil it down to one word, would be clarity. We're just looking to seek clarity so that whenever we take action, we have a plan for what that return on investment or what that response is going to be, right? For every action, there's a reaction. We want to be able to have a good, clear plan so that every time we take an action, we have a great understanding or a great plan uh, or great anticipation for what that reaction is going to be, right? We, I call it the consequence, right? We all have, and consequence isn't a bad thing, right? There's there's good consequences as well, right? Oftentimes when I'm walking down the hall and I smile, that consequence is someone's going to smile back at me, right? So that's an example of a good consequence, right? But what we're trying to avoid is is the unintended consequences, right? The we we embark with with uh, high hopes and great expectations, and uh, the, the the consequences are sometimes uh, unintended and unforeseen because we didn't have a complete picture, right? And so this really helps us start to have a, a better focus and a better idea of what we're looking at doing. So. That's kind of the, the the sum of what I was looking at talking about is change what you're measuring, right? If you're not measuring anything, start measuring something. And if, if that's going to be coming out of the gate, start measuring cash. But for those of you that are measuring something, I really encourage you to go back and see what metrics you currently have that are already attached to cash. But I have a feeling that the majority of what you're measuring is attached to some other sort of metric that isn't attached to cash. And I would encourage you to go back dig up some new reports, look at those new patient reports, look at the revenue that's generated and start to attach cash. Because what, what I think you're going to start seeing is, you know, if if you're 
tracking digital versus direct marketing versus referral, for example, just kind of those three buckets, right? I would even encourage you to dig deep and see, you know, what is that in return on investment? You're going to see a different number from the digital. You're going to see a different number from your direct response, and you're going to see a different number from your referral-based patients, right? And I'm not saying one is any better than the other, because at the end of the day, you need all three. I don't, I don't ever want you to think that I'm saying, hey, you know, you need to start doing more direct mail and less digital, or you need to start doing more referral and less direct mail, whatever that you need to do all three. And what I'm trying to get you to and get your, your culture to your mindset, if you will, is that once we figure out that magic recipe of the 10 to one or the five to one or the 15 to one, whatever that metric is, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. That's when we want to have the resources to be able to pour gas on this thing and go as fast, as furious as possible so that we capitalize on this success while it exists, right? Because everything's ever changing, right? For those of you that have been advertising on Google AdWords, for example, or Facebook advertising or whatever that is, there's been so many different changes in landscape that it's great for now, but there's no guarantee that it's going to be great two months from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. So we need to really capitalize on the opportunity that sits in front of us right now so that if and when there are any changes, you know, we've already maximized that and we'll be able to be nimble to move on and find that next opportunity, right? And test and test and test until we find the other opportunity that provides that machine of $5 back for every dollar or $10 back for every dollar, right? And so that's going to be the big opportunity for us is, is maximize what you've got and then take advantage of that right now, right? So I hope that, that you've enjoyed this. Uh, I'm eager for any feedback that you've got on this. Uh, I'm really anxious to see how you currently are measuring your return on investment, what metrics you're using, and especially if you're also attaching cash to that because that's the big thing that I'm looking at right now because I'm always looking to see how other people are doing it as well because I'm big on sharing that tribal knowledge, right? Nothing that I'm talking about or teaching you is profound, but but where the magic lies is the application of that, right? And so learning how people are implementing that and applying that to their real world practice, that is really where the magic resides. And the the more stories that we've got and the more tribal knowledge that we are collecting from people like yourself, the more that we can share with each other and really grow this industry together. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, and I really look forward to your feedback. I can't wait to see what kind of techniques that you're using. And, uh, you know, I maybe uh, we get you on the podcast so that you can share this as well. And that's I'm always open for that as well. If you've got some metrics or you've got some key points, some ahas, some discoveries that you've got, I would love to have you on this podcast to share some of the metrics that you are using that you found great success with, because I'm always looking to, to build and add value for other people as well so that we can collectively grow as a unit. I hope you're well. I hope you have an amazing day and uh, take care of yourself. Talk to you tomorrow.